and welcome to our next episode of Left Fin and CLOs Uncovered. I'm Hina Shuweb. I have with me Sandeep Chana. And today we have our special guest, Ruth Yang. Ruth is our global head of thought leadership. Hello, Ruth. Hello, Hina. Hello, Sandeep. Thank you for inviting me to join you. Thank you so much. So, Ruth, as we had been discussing a lot of things offline, and we thought it would be great for us to discuss it on the podcast, some of the key challenges. So just to start off, of course, we discussed a lot about Brexit in the past, but then we were hit by pandemic and then 2022 began with a lot of challenges, of course, being inflation. And there was a discussion whether it's transitionary or not, and then rising interest rates. And now, of course, uh, this new geopolitical crisis. So how do you see these current challenges to the credit markets? Yeah, so we embarked upon 2022 with our known knowns, right? As you mentioned, inflation, rising interest rates, and then the central banks really being very focused on um, the situation. What we really, well, the unexpected unknowns that have really hit home this year have been these, have been Omicron, right? This regular stream of climate disasters that continue to really reverberate throughout the world. And then, of course, it was really topped off by the Russia's invasion of Ukraine, which on top of the staggering cost of human life has really shocked the markets and oil and gas, agricultural products, metals and other commodity prices soaring. And it's the combination of these forces that will really greatly test the health and resilience of the credit marks this year. It's clear central banks remain committed despite these changes to normalize interest rates, which we all know is the right approach. But now the inflation and the economic uncertainty have really been goosed to new levels. Hmm. So, Root, where do you see light at the end of the tunnel? Is there any light? I think we are in the light and the end of the tunnel is a little darker. And that's really our challenge, right? When we look past 2022, if we do not see some stabilization in the world, we are concerned. The good news is the credit markets right now are in a good place, you know, due to all these accommodative financing conditions over the past few years. Borrowers have refinanced. The maturity wall is out of quite a few years. Most of the outstanding debt today reflects low the low interest rate environment, which keeps the carrying cost of debt relatively low. Even in a slowing economy, there should be elbow room for borrowers to continue to service their debt, pay interest and principal um, when when it's required. We know maintenance covenants are are still absent. You know this is still a covenant light market, so there are no triggers. Um, and I think that, you know, when we look to the four to 2022, our forecast for default rates keep them at a relatively low level, about 3% for bonds, 2.5% for loans. And that reflects kind of the, the strong foundation the credit market is sitting on right now. That foundation weakens as we look ahead. Um, and so, you know, when we when we look ahead, we think that the risks of a turn in the credit cycle, you know, rises sharply in 2023. You know, the truth is 35% of the market today is rated B minus or lower, right? That's for spec grade ratings. This yeah. is down from about 40% in pre-COVID days, but it's still a really, really high number. Yeah. And so maybe we are work- sorry. Yeah. But maybe what I'll interject is I can I can agree with what you're saying. This 35 percent spec grade rating at B minus. I'm sitting on a large portfolio of leisure names with, uh, of course, B minus and triple C plus as, as the big chunk. So I, I totally agree what you're saying here. Right. And you look at that and the 
immediate concern really isn't the default rate. It's really that downgrade risk because of, mm -hmm. you know, for a number of reasons, of course, moving into triple C is never a good thing, but also the loan market's relationship with CLOs. Well, on that note, right, <laughs> with with CLOs and, and Ruth, you mentioned a very important point when 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 we see downgrades or even credit watch negative placements of B minus or lower, then then that enters, as you mentioned, triple C territory and that has altercating implications for for CLOs. Um, can we unpack that just a bit more? I mean, are there particular sectors we should be worried about uh, or particular types of 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 credits? And, and what about LIBOR as well? Finally, what about LIBOR transition and, and the spike in LIBOR, surely that's something that that central government and, and the Fed should be thinking about uh, and that's on their radars at the moment. Yeah, so obviously when we look at industries, when we look at our, our, our risks on the downside and default studies, we worry about the ones that are right now very either continue to be weak from the from the pandemic, right, or those that are very sensitive to rising oil and gas um, costs. So we obviously worry about, we continue to be worried about leisure, retail. Uh, we continue to be worried about transportation, airlines, right? How do you insulate yourself from these, you know, $150 a barrel? It, it's very difficult to see that. Again, the foundation is still good. These are all still companies that have relatively low borrowing costs. You know, they have no immediate demands for payment, so they're in a good position. But again, it's the erosion of the credit markets and no way to avoid that. That concerns us because the market is clearly slowing down and activity is not there. The ability to refinance is really not as accessible as it was at the, you know, a year ago for us. Um, so that's where our concerns are in specific sectors. You know, with regards to LIBOR, LIBOR transition is well underway. You know, uh, something like 70% of loans last year had LIBOR fallback language. You know, we're in a good shape to move off of LIBOR. The truth is, though, a lot of the market still sits in LIBOR, broadly syndicated, a, a significant share is still in LIBOR because of it's allowed to remain there, as well as we know in direct lending, a lot of loans are in LIBOR. LIBOR is a credit-sensitive base rate, so we've seen it spike in response to the crisis, um, and it has risen through the floors that exist for a large share of the market, of which a lot of those are B-minus loans. So the rising cost of LIBOR for loans that remain in LIBOR is there, and it's the cushion of the floor is gone, and we are concerned about, again, that erodes the financial conditions. Um, I don't think that there's anything central banks will do about that. I don't think there's anything they can do, but uh, I think that you know it is it is kind of how the the puzzle of what the loan market will do over the next year, year and a half will kind of impact us. Fantastic! Um, That's yeah. really insightful, youth. Um, I'm just thinking out loud here, but but overall summary is kind of like. You know, it's not really a default risk on underlying credits. It's really downgrade and the transition to to lower ratings, and of course, LIBOR spike and and LIBOR transition, which is something that that pretty much is on everyone's radars. Is that is that a fair assessment? I think that's spot on. That's exactly what we're <laughs> concerned about. Fantastic. Thanks a lot, Ruth, for for your input here. It's it's really great having you on as a guest. And to our listeners listening in, if you do have any questions for Ruth or any of us on this today's podcast, please feel free to write in. But for now, thank you for listening in.